Dave and Ryan's movie review take 13 and action. Everyone loves going to the movies. And while some are amazing, some are awful. Fortunately, we have Dave and Ryan, two guys with nothing better to do than watch movies of today and movies of yesterday. So get your popcorn ready, silence your phones, and relax, because the show is about to begin. Cue Dave and Ryan in three, two, one. It's Dave and Ryan's movie review. Sponsored by Nobody. Welcome in to another episode of Dave and Ryan's Movie Review. Uh, we saw some good movies, saw some maybe not too good movies. We've yeah, done that before, yeah. but uh, we're going to talk about all of them right here. Ryan, how are you today? I'm doing fabulous. How are you? Can't complain, sir. Cannot complain. You know, uh, we've got a lot going on in the show today. We're going to kind of uh, christen a new segment, and yes. we'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. But before we do anything, just like we do every week, Time to check on Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood Boulevard, a place of glitz, glamour, and dreams. Just kidding. This place is a dump. That's why Dave and Ryan come here each week. You get the news from Hollywood without fearing for your life on the Walk of Fame. It's This Week in Hollywood. All right, first up, we've got to talk about something because, you know, are we maybe getting... Uh, fake news out of uh, Hollywood when it comes to the box office as well. Uh, strange thing here. Uh, under uh, Is the box office truly underperforming? Okay. Based on the heels of both Barbie and Oppenheimer, this summer series, which ends on Labor Day, is set to put in $3.79 billion. I have no idea where all that money came from. Well, you had $2 billion movies. Yes. So uh, you've got to look at it that way. They're relying on the Equalizer 3, which is next week, which we're going to review next week, uh, to, to kind of have a $40 million opening over Labor Day weekend to get them to that total. I, I don't know if it's going to do that. I, I know it's it's I know it's going to be a good movie. I've seen the trailer. It looks amazing. But I just don't think it's going to do $40 million. Well, but here's the other thing that we've got to look at, okay? Uh, this is a comeback from from the pandemic of the 2020s. Mm-hmm. So we got to look at 2021 was kind of okay. That summer uh, is pacing. We're we're actually pacing to be 5.3 percent behind 2019, which was 4.3 billion dollars. Hmm. Okay. The other thing that I thought was interesting, the biggest weekend or the biggest summer for movies was actually 2013. Where they made four point seven five five million dollars. Never have they grossed five million dollars billion dollars, excuse me, in the summer. And that was, you know, you had Iron Man three, which made four hundred and nine million dollars domestically one was, which back one then. Was Iron Man 3? That was the one with Guy Pierce oh. and the extremists. That I didn't like that one. You didn't like that one? No. That's a shocker. It I was a, it was a lot better than Iron Man Two with what's his name. In well, it. it had to be. It was definitely a step up. Yeah. So we'll kind of see what happens. But you know, for all that we've been hearing that the box office is garbage this summer and it just hasn't you know been great or anything like that, we might still come back and get close. We'll see. We will see on that one. All right. Next up, how about this one? Jason Momoa and David Bautista. To star in a movie together. 
This could be fun. I'm just I'm putting that out there. Uh, it's Carl and the same guy that directed the Blue Beetle, and it's called the Wrecking Crew. It's a buddy action comedy that they've set up at MGM. Hmm, that could be a fun movie. Yeah, I guess depending on what it's about, a wreck, the Wrecking Crew that could be that could be so many different things. It could, but just the two of them being attached to it together in the same movie, I think, will be a fun one. Yeah, you know, uh, 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 Batista. He has um, kind of a dry kind of comedy center, you know, with a, you can't see me. Yes. I am standing perfectly still. And Momoa was kind of a loud kind of action slapstick kind of comedy. So it'll be interesting to see them together and how they work out. You know, honestly, after seeing him in Fast X, I don't know if there's anything this guy can't do. This is true. That was, was such a good it was role. Very good. So we've got that one. Um, also, and this just came out Thursday really quickly. Um, the writer strike has taken another movie off the slate. Dune 2 has now been moved from December 22nd of 2023 to March 14th of 2024. Oh, a springtime movie. And they had kind of kicked it around that that one was going to move, but they just kind of sit, held fast to it. Um, the one they are hanging on to and will not move from its spot is Aquaman 2, the, the Lost Kingdom. So we'll have to see how good that movie really is. All right, speaking of good or bad movies, let's look at the box office. Uh, number five this week opened Strays, $8.2 million. This movie looks funny to it me. It does. I want to go see I it. I want to go see this one, too. Uh, number four, down from three last week, was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Pulled in $8.5 million. That brings its domestic total to $88.2 million. Um, Oppenheimer. Lands at number three, back one spot with $10.7 million, clocked in with $285.3 million domestically, and bum, 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 Barbie drops to number oh, two. She broke a hill. $21 million, and uh, that brings her domestic total to $566.8 billion, which means there's a new number one in town, and it is the Blue Beetle. Everybody expected this movie to kind of beat Barbie this week. Um, and I I believe that Barbie is kind of running its course. True, but I, I honestly believe that Barbie will come back to number one at least one more time before it leaves theaters. Okay, well, you heard it here first. That was Ryan. All right, on this week's show, uh, we, were, we went and saw Gran Turismo. And we're going to talk about that one and review yeah. that one. That's right. And with the release of Ahsoka on Disney+, Plus, we thought it would be a good time to talk about these Star Wars TV shows. Yes. There are so many of them out there. Which ones are the good ones? Which ones are the bad ones? Or are there any bad ones? It's possible. We'll get there. There might, might not be bad shows. Or I would say there's bad episodes. There you go. There you go. And then the new segment that we're going to introduce is Battle Royale. Four movies enter, one movie leave. <laughs> we'll talk about all of that coming up. But before we get there... We gotta have an honest movie review. It's now time for another honest movie review. Today, we go back to 1997 and look at the action romance sequel, Speed 2 Cruise Control, starring Sandra Bork. Since we last saw Annie, some things have changed. This almost seems too perfect, doesn't it? Some things. Only step on your feet? Haven't. Where 
never leaving the house again. Were they on LSD when they wrote this movie? I'd rather wake up naked next to a severed horse head than ever have to watch Speed 2 again. Can't wait to speak with you again next week. All right, this movie didn't work for so many different Such reasons. Such a horrible movie. Um, want the premise on a cruise ship. That, yeah. That, uh, you lost me there. But I think the main reason that nobody really flocked to this movie is you lost Keanu Reeves. Yeah, that was a, that was a big one. And you, you still had Sandra. And you tried to replace him with Jason Patrick. That just does not work. No, no. That just does not work, yes. It's like a Make-A-Wish version. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of reminds me of that scene. This movie reminds me of that scene, and there was a, a little script that kind of you know alluded to it. In Die Hard 2, when Bruce Willis is climbing through the, the ventilation, and he goes, another Christmas, and I'm climbing through ventilations? How could the same thing happen to the same guy twice? You know, it's, <laughs> that's what it was. That's what the movie was based on. So... I wouldn't even suggest finding that movie to watch it. No, definitely do not look it up. <laughs> Don't do it. All right, so we're going to get out of here. When we come back, we'll have the review of Gran Turismo coming up. Everyone on set, shut up. Shut up. These two buffoons are about to talk about a new release. Dave and Ryan's movie review segment one, action. What's more exciting than a brand new release to the movie theater? According to Dave and Ryan, nothing. They're the first to see it, so you're the first to hear about it. And this week's latest release is Gran Turismo. Based on the unbelievable yet inspiring true story of a team of underdogs, a struggling working class gamer, a failed former race car driver, and an idealistic motorsport exec will risk it all to take all the most elite sport in the world. Let's see what Dave and Ryan think of Gran Turismo, which is rated PG-13 and playing nationwide. All right, so this movie was actually supposed to come out like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and then they pushed it to the 25th. Gran Turismo, starring David Harbour from Stranger Things. You'll recognize him. You'll definitely recognize Orlando Bloom. Yep. And then a newcomer, Archie Bedeque. And he was in Midsummer. That was like the only thing that I recognized that he was in. And I've uh, never seen it. But anyway. No idea. It's an A24 movie. It's a horror movie. So. Uh, no wonder I haven't seen it. There you go. Yeah, it's you. Okay, so two hours, 15 minutes is what you're going to clock in the theater on this one. Rated PG-13, I would say for language, maybe a little bit of racing violence. Yeah, you know, there's some crashes in there that are kind of violent. There's a guy on fire. Mm -hmm. But nothing terrible. No. Nothing, That's why it's rated PG-13. No. Uh, anyway, it's based on a true story. Okay. Yes, I'm... Um, but I'm pretty sure they took a lot of liberties well, with that. But you know what the thing is, is, is Jordan and I were talking about that. And the fact that they have to take liberties because this whole movie took place over, what, five years? Something like that. Um, you have two hours. Yeah. So you've got to speed things up, so to speak. Um, but what it is based on is the, mo the game Gran Turismo. Mm -hmm. And this kid played it all the time, got really, really good at it. He's one of the best in the world. And was invited to what they called the GT Academy, which was the brainchild of Orlando Bloom's character. Yeah. Well, he had to earn his spot there. Yes. Yeah. Well, he well he was invited as one of the best players in the world yes. to go to the GT Academy. Um, uh, Orlando Bloom's character works for Nissan. 
Or as they say in the movie, Nissan. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Gotta say it with your <laughs> Japanese accent. Nissan. I guess. There you go. Anyhow, uh, he, he works for them and he comes up with this plan for this academy. Yeah, he's the, the marketing director for the UK branch. Right. And he came up with the whole thing and he's like, you have an untapped segment of people that play this game. Mm-hmm. So they invited these people to this academy and there was what, 10 of them? Uh, yeah. And then out of the 10, they whittled it down and then the last five raced against each other. To move on and and be invited to go race, really, mm-hmm. um, on the circuit. Uh, of course, you know there are. We talked one thing about this movie that we talked about is with every true story for, and it just has to happen for it to be. You know, people wanting to see it. it there's certain things that happens in every movie that's based on a true story. Yep, and it's tragedy, this movie at point is romance, and we talk about the fact that at points this movie is very predictable. Or as I'd like to say, boring. Well, you can say that it's boring, and that's fine. Uh, you said that you didn't care for the video game. You've never played it. Right? I've, I never played Gran Turismo, right. but I did play other racing games, right. like Forenza and stuff. So, you know, you have, like you do in every game, every movie about this, mm-hmm. you have a, a, a disapproving father. Yeah. You have angst between him and the other drivers. Or him and, you know, and, and like every other movie, it's just him and other people that he is with. You have some sort of tragedy that befalls our main character. And it all happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they do take some liberties, like we said. Uh, I told you we looked up. At, I, the movie really starts in like 2011. Yeah. And he has to go through and he, he makes it to the circuit. He gets his license and they make it seem like the first race after... His license was where we had our issues, but that was actually four years later. Hmm. So, um, and then he gets together, and the thing that's that they didn't change, which is probably the coolest part of the whole movie, and since it's a true story, I don't think we're giving anything away. Um, they race in Le Mans. Yes. And it's an entire team of sim racers, and that's what they call them. And there's, of course, all the adversity from the other drivers. They don't like him. Yeah. All those things. So a uh, yeah. very intense movie at times. Yeah. And for the people out there who's kind of like, Le Mans sounds really familiar. It's a 24-hour race in France. And if you've seen the movie Ford versus Ferrari, that's where that's they the race. That's the same race. So it's a very big, big race. Huge race. And, you know, it, it, there are mo- parts in this movie that are very intense. And, and I talked to you about that. You, you know, there's parts in this movie where they slow it down and you don't know if he's going to like crash or if he's like getting in the zone. Yeah, you just or can't if he's tell. falling asleep. Yeah. It was like you're like, what's going on? Yes. And, and the other thing that we talk about, too, is the fact that and, and that's who it was made for. If you like the video game. Mm, yeah, it was definitely a fan service. Honestly, if you like any video game, I think you're going to like the movie because it runs like a video game. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, like I said um, in our other review, this is not a movie where it's going to be mind-blowing. It's very predictable, and if you are you know, if you just want to dumb out for two hours, go see this movie, honestly. Um, I'm not saying it's still a good movie. Uh, the effects in it, the acting was just amazing. The whole liberties with the story, that crunching it down, it, to me, it was just boring. And, and Well, and like you said, another word for boring is 
predictable. Yes. And it, and these movies are predictable. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying the whole, you know, the whole true story part it's boring because what happened was amazing in real life. But it's just I think just the story they came up with it it was just rushed. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. So, anyway, you know... It, <laughs> a racing car game was too fast. It was too fast. <laughs> Not too furious, though. <laughs> Doesn't live its life a quarter mile at a time. No, no. These races are much longer than a quarter mile at a time. Yeah. I'll be totally honest with you. Uh, at the end of the day, I gave this one three and a half buckets of popcorn out of five. I liked the movie. Even with its predictability, I really thought that the parts in it where, you know, they had him like racing and then they would like pull the car and like explode show an exploded view of the car and and then they would show all these other things uh they're just uh, it's it's pretty intense in some points that you don't know what's going to happen but i really liked it yeah for me you know um i really like you know as you said the whole uh cgi with the whole um car you know going out and showing the different parts that he you know he's talking about and you know it's just like the video game you know they i think i believe they use the uh game engine for the movie as well but what i thought was really cool is they had the uh the guy whose story it was based on he was doing all the stunt driving for the movie which was cool and but besides all that you know the story was just bad and i gave it two buckets of popcorn well and that's okay yeah the guy's name is jan martinborough and um, you couldn't look him up. He's still racing today. Yes, he is. And so, you know what? Hats off to him. You know, this one is for all the kids whose mom and dad said you'll never amount to anything if you sit inside and play video games all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, what this is. is based on. That's what I'll it's for. show them. Right? And he does. So congratulations to him. So if that movie doesn't light it up for you, you know, it will be at the King Cole. Gran Turismo's there. Uh, you will also get to see this week for one week only. Super Mario Brothers Super movie Mario. comes back. Uh, Meg to the Trench is still hanging out there for one last week, and at the King Cole or at the Price Theater, excuse me, it's Blue Beetle. So get out and see a movie, right? Go see a movie. This one was pretty good. I gotta say, it was fun. Like you said, just kind of shut off and go see this one. Yep. All right, coming up, we're gonna talk about Star Wars series. Are they good? Are they bad? Or is it just episodes? Pew pew. We'll find out. Stick around. Hey, idiots, we're back from commercial. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment two, and action. There's not a more toxic fan base in all of pop culture than Star Wars geeks. I'm serious, you just can't make these people happy. They bully the actors, which I admit is kind of fun. They also love to ignore canon spin-off materials and anything animated. You're kidding, right? The only thing that Star Wars geeks seem to agree on is that Kathleen Kennedy sucks. But Disney continues to push out Star Wars material, and this week, Disney Plus gives us the series Ahsoka, starring Rosario Dawson. And since I share the studio each week with two guys who fit the Star Wars geek definition to a T, mm-hmm. I thought it would be fun to see what they thought of Disney's latest effort, which has two episodes out as we speak. Well, thank you so much for that glowing introduction. I feel attacked. I didn't know she felt that way about us. <laughs> All right, so here's here's the thing. Let's talk about kind of what she said there. It is. It is a very toxic fan base. And when you're doing Star Wars, you're not going to make everybody happy. There's no way. No. No way. I, I know people that, um, you know, if it, I don't care what it, what's canon. 
You know, you have people that are like that. What's canon? I don't care if if something is a hundred percent canon. They don't believe it. It's like, no, that wouldn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. I I know people that had problems with um, Finn picking up a lightsaber and fighting Kylo Ren. Now, remember what happened when he fought Kylo Ren with a lightsaber? Yeah, it didn't turn out so well. No, no, it did not turn out good for him. So he got what he what he had coming to him. So anyway, with that all said, we all know, you know, how the certain fan bases react to this movie, these movies. And these series, I guarantee you, when the first episode came out, there was somebody out there that hated it. And the first one we're going to talk about is the Ma- the Mandalorian. This is the one that got it all started. Yeah. And it introduced everyone to Baby Yoda, which it wasn't Baby Yoda. He has a name. His Grogu. name is Grogu. But that was, I mean, he was everywhere. Still is everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. And, and the Mandalorian is a, a good story. We've talked about that just between uh, me and you. And it's it really, it's a Western. It plays out like a Western. It is. Yeah. The, the first uh, season, you know, he starts out, you know, collecting a bounty. And you got, he's on the ice planet. And uh, he picks up a job. Uh, to go get rid of some uh, bandits outside of town, and that's where he finds uh, baby Grogu. And you, you you follow him through that into all three seasons now that we've had of The Mandalorian, and you just learn to like this character so much more. Yeah, he's, you know, he's the first real Mandalorian that we've really seen, you know, actually do anything. Uh, you know, in the original movies, Boba Fett died pretty early. Um, you know, and then in the uh, did he though? in the anime animation like uh, Clone Wars and stuff like that, he did some stuff, but he you know he was still kind of a child in the animation. Uh, so this is like the first time you see like the Mandalorian really, you know, and kick what butt. It, well, and what it means to be a Mandalorian. Yes, you know everybody saw that you know that Boba Fett dressed in the armor and everything like that, but nobody really knew what it meant. Yeah, this, that makes sense. this one really goes into like the creed and stuff like that. Uh, you know, the whole I, I, I wouldn't say religion, but, you know, the way of life that they chose. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, he gets uh, he's part of this little uh, not necessarily a cult, but, you know, a little group that's in hiding. And uh, he has to escape because uh, the the imp, because it's, uh, the Mandalorian, if you haven't know, it takes place right after the Empire has fallen. Um, so, you know, um, so he's escaping from like, uh, they're like, uh, crime Lords now that are remaining Imperials in, in certain sections. And what was cool at the end of the, uh, the series, uh, we got to see Luke, Luke Skywalker, and he just totally kicked butt. It was amazing. Truly, truly was. And they get some great actors to be oh, in yeah. this movie. You have car, uh, Carl Weathers is in this series. I love the character that he is in this Oh, one. yeah. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito is frightening as Moff Gideon. Oh, yeah. It's and then everybody's darling Katie Sackhoff. You can't do, you know, you can't do sci-fi without Starbuck. her at least somewhere. So uh, great series. I like it. Uh, and when we go through all these, we'll talk about kind of what's our favorite. Um, and then tearing off from that, we had The Book of Boba Fett next. That, that was the first spinoff. Um People uh, have mixed feelings about it. It, w- it wasn't as action-packed as they would want it um, because it's a story about him kind of uh, finding himself and then reestablishing himself in the world. So he takes over uh, f- where uh, Jabba the Hutt's uh, palace and basically all the other cartel people 
basically try to kill him, you know. Like a regular Star Wars. Right, like a regular Star Wars. The thing that I didn't like about Boba Fett, and the thing, everybody wanted a Boba Fett story. Yes. They really did. The thing I didn't care for is like the last part of the season, it seemed like it was the Mandalorian season 2.5. Yeah, well, uh, the thing with uh, Boba Fett is um, the time frame it's taking place is he's, old now you know he's he's an elder mandalorian so you know you were not going to see a whole lot of action you know we did see a little bit of action with him and the mandalorian uh and and fight scenes there which was amazing but they're not going to get stuff like that in if they do another season because he's older now you know he um i'm not sure how old the actor is uh, in real life but you know he he can't do all that stunt work, you know. They yes, they can get a body double, um, but still, the character Boba Fett is old in the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, so it doesn't really make sense if he's going off on adventures and right. doing doing bounty hunter stuff because uh, they've established him as the new uh, crime lord, basically in uh, Tatooine. And you got to grow up sometime. Yes. All right. So next up after that one was a series that I was really excited to see because they bring in Ewan McGregor uh, for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes, I like this series. Kenobi was amazing. I, I like this series, and we were talking about the just yesterday the fact that the end of Rogue One makes you realize why everybody is afraid of Darth Vader. Yeah. The Kenobi series makes you realize how powerful, it. well, not only that, but how powerful Ben Kenobi really was. Yes. There are a lot of cool scenes. Um, he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't just powerful. He was smart. Yeah, Anakin or clever, as they would the say. The Anakin scene with the Darth Vader scene with all the fire. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. And then and then when he's holding the ship from taking off. Uh huh. Yeah. I I really liked Obi Wan. I would like to see more. I heard they were going to do a second season. I truly was. And then at the very end, you get the payoff with Liam Neeson in it. Yes, at the at the very end of the the, the series, so uh, I really cared, and I I mean I really liked Obi Wan Kenobi the series. Um, Andor, this one really shocked me. This yes. is a great series. Yeah, it was it was a surprise. I didn't think um, a Star Wars movie without you know lightsabers and Jedi would do well, but it was a really good, thoughtful. You know, it was a good thinker when you're watching it. It made you think. It had a good story, though. Yes. That's what people are looking for. And, and Andor really surprised me. And that brings us to the latest one, Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. So, so Ahsoka first showed up in the animations, the, the Clone Wars. And then she was in Rebels. Uh, and then she was in uh, an episode, I think one or two episodes of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But now, you know, um, this takes place... Uh, after rebels, after you know, after the empire has fallen, and they're still kind of finding, you know, the new republic is just still trying, trying to, to get, find yeah. its way, and um, and they're still outliers of the empire yeah. everywhere. And then, and then the the two episodes that dropped. Um, so if you've seen rebels, you know what happens at the very end. They um, uh, there's a guy in it. Oh, I can't uh, Ezra. Okay, who goes Ezra. missing, mm-hmm. and so in Ahsoka, she's trying to find. Not just Ezra, but um, uh, not Moff Gideon. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yes, Grand Admiral Thrawn. If anyone knows anything about Grand Admiral Thrawn, everyone's going to be giddy and excited like me. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and, and so I, I don't know that much about him, so I will ask this. Should we be more afraid of him than any other person that we've seen in the Star Wars universe? Uh, he's more clever than any of the okay. other uh, admirals. Um, I know in, like in the book series, he had, you know, he was really uh, feared by the Jedi because he he outsmarted them, basically. Uh, he had, um, there's animals he, that uh, rendered the Force-sensitive people mute. And so, you know, he kept those around. You know, he was just really smart in the way he did things, and he was ruthless. And we're running a little long, so just really quick, we'll blow through the ones that haven't come out yet. A skeleton crew with Jude Law. This one sounds interesting. Then there's the Acolyte and Lando that is in development right now. So there's plenty of stories to be told still. Let's just hope they can do it right. Yeah, and if, if you haven't seen any of these shows, go watch them. If They're all on Wars Disney+, Plus. So you can give them a watch. Yep. All right, coming up, I'm kind of excited about this one. It's the Battle Royale, so stick around. All right, in the souls, everyone quiet down. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment three, and action. It's time for the first ever Battle Royale. Four movies will enter, and Dave and Ryan will decide which one survives. I'll pick four iconic movies with one thing in common. Dave and Ryan will decide which is best out of a tournament-style debate. The only catch? These two hard-headed jerks have to agree on which one comes out on top. Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. My finger's on the sensor button, and all four movies are queued up. Dave, Ryan, you ready for a hot take? Because today's common theme is movies with a John Williams score. Oh, wow. That's going to be... That's vast. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of movies. That's a lot of movies. All right. I, I, I think I'm ready for this one. Let's get it let's, on. Let's get it on. In the Red Quarter, released in 1993 on a budget of $63 million, this flick turned in over a billion at the box office. It's Jurassic Park. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. And it's a potent, out of the blue quarter, released in 1981. This original blockbuster has spawned four sequels. It brought in $389 million up against a $20 million budget. It's Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Dave and Ryan, you have five minutes. This is a tough one. This one is a tough one. Um, I, I'm, I would say Raiders because of the fact that it's just iconic. It is one of those iconic movies. You've got Indiana Jones that has stretched across time now. And I think it's just it is a great movie. Jurassic Park was a great movie as well. I'm going with Jurassic Park. Why are you going with Jurassic Park? Story and not only just the story, but you know the development of CGI plus animatronics. It was a game changer. Where with I love Indiana Jones, but Indiana Jones is the Lost Ark. If he wasn't in it, it still would have ended the same. It still would have ended the same, yeah. but it might not have been as good. True, but it he didn't have to be in the movie. You had to have a character. You had to have Indiana Jones in the movie. The Nazis still. The Nazis would have found the Ark, went to the temple, and still died because they opened it. But you still had to have somebody that was uh, that was the protagonist that drove the movie. If you're just going to make it about Nazis, then why even make the movie? 
Exactly. He didn't have to be in there. He did. No. <sighs> this is going to be tougher than I he, thought. He did not. If he was not in the movie, it would have ended the same way. Not true. Why? Not why? Yeah. Okay, because let's not forget, first and foremost, they were digging in the wrong place. They would have he found it. They eventually they would have found it. stole it from him. No, they wouldn't have. It might have been months and months later, but they, they have would found have it. found it. The war would have been over, and Oppenheimer would have already dropped the bomb before they found it. <laughs> I just, I disagree with you on this one. Jurassic Park was a technological marvel. It was. Yeah. But if you're going to say that about, about why, the way Raiders of the Lost Ark was then why couldn't I just say, well, somebody would have came up with that technology if it wouldn't have been Jurassic Park. You do know we're talking about the story of the movie, right? Yeah, but you're t- you brought in CGI and yeah, the technology because of the movie. It I'm was just amazing. going back to it. The only C- they didn't use CGI in that in Indiana Jones. No, it, what, it no. wasn't there. So that makes the movie that the much better. S- the story is pointless. He didn't have to be there. And you want me to believe that somebody that can find a, a mosquito in amber and make a dinosaur out of it is believable? No, but in this case, it's a better story than Indiana Jones. I, I, I am at an impasse here. I don't... <laughs> I, I, am I betraying Indiana Jones? Am I betraying Harrison Ford? There's other Indiana Jones movies that are better than The Lost Ark. Okay. You're right there. So this one could take this one could take one for the team, Dave. It, 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 I think this would be a bigger argument if it was Last Crusade. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Would Last Crusade have won if it would have, if it was hands against? down? Okay. There. Then that's a win for me. But I'll go with Jurassic Park because <laughs> okay. I get what you're saying. I do. I understand it. All right, that round went about like I thought it was going to go. Yeah, that was a tough one. That was a tough one, but Jurassic Park comes out on top in the first round. All right, you ready JP. for round two? JP. Let's go to round two. Coming out of the red quarter, this movie was the first of an original trilogy. Released in 1983, it brought in $482 million against a $32 million budget. Star Wars Return of the Jedi So you have accepted the truth I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker my father That name no longer has any meaning for me And its opponent Released in 1982 With a 10 million dollar budget Its box office return Fell just shy of 800 million It's E.T. The Extraterrestrial E.T. Dave and Ryan, you have five minutes. I think this one's going to be a little easier than the last one because E.T., while it was a great movie, I did not really enjoy it that much. E.T., it, yeah, I can't defend that movie. It's, it's no. I've never been a fan of E.T. Um, it's just a weird story for me. You know, an alien just gets abandoned on Earth and then... He goes into this shed and this little kid finds him, you know, and the parents don't know. Oh, there's an alien in the closet and the fl- all the flowers are dying. I'll tell you what. The most believable part of E.T. for me was that an alien who had never had them before loved Reese's Pieces. Yeah, that's true. Those were delicious. They, they still, still are. are. Still are. Yeah. And do you know how do you know that Reese's Pieces were actually invented for that movie? Really? They went to Eminem and Eminem told them, no, they didn't want to be a part of it. So they went to Reese's, and Reese's came up with Reese's Pieces, and that's the reason we have them today. 
Nice. That's a true delicious. story. Yeah. Unlike <laughs> the ET story. <laughs> and another thing I don't like about ET when they get when it got re released. They took all, they CGI'd all the guns out of it and gave them walkie-talkies. They did that, um, and then they added. Didn't they add other other ETs in it? Yes, yes. At the end, it, when yeah. he goes home, finally. Yeah, it, it's just it's this is a clear. I will I will hand it to Steven Spielberg. It was a great story. It launched a lot of careers for people that are still working today. Um, Henry Thomas and uh, Drew Barrymore. Who had you know her rough patch, but she's back at it again today. So, um, but ET was okay. But yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna put it up against Return of the Jedi, this isn't really much of a contest. Well, this is know, like Mike Tyson. Return of the Jedi is kind of like the third stepchild. This is like Mike Tyson <laughs> taking on Joe Glass, or you know, I, I, Return of the Jedi was. You're either for Ewoks or you're against them. <laughs> That's true. But I, you know, I I would give the edge in this one to to Return of the Jedi because the story kind of it ended that story, yeah, supposedly or so we thought. Yeah, and all all the movies we just talked about, or or the TV series we talked about, take place after this movie. So yes, yeah. yes. So yeah, you you learn about Ewoks, um, you 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 find out that uh, Luke and Leia are brother and sister, which makes what happened in Empire Strikes Back a little bit awkward. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a great movie and it shows you that there is, there was truly good inside Darth Vader. Yes. You had to get really in deep in there to find it, but it was there all along. So I, I, I say this is a slam dunk. This yep. one was easy. We got Return of the Jedi Re- winner. Return of the Jedi. All right. So that leaves us with Jurassic Park and Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Oh, I know which one I'm picking. Do you know which one you're going to yep. go with? All right, let's go in. Okay, I'm going with Jurassic Park. Let's be honest. Uh, Return of the Jedi was not even the best of the trilogy. That's just that very trilogy. true. That is very true. Um, My favorite was always Empire. Empire, I think, is the hands down best episode or best best movie in that trilogy yeah. i think i don't think that many people would argue with you over yeah. that uh empire was just that good yeah, and return of, you know return of the jedi you know was cool because you know the first scenes there with uh boba fett you know falling to the pit and the whole <laughs> oh uh, who could forget about the gold bikini though <laughs> i was, I was just know? about to say that that's iconic. Of course, Dave brings that up. You got to, but you know, it's, I'm surprised you didn't whisper it this week. At the end of the day, uh, Return of the Jedi is is really a redemption story. Yeah, when you think about it, it's you know, it as I said, it ties up all the loose ends, mm-hmm. and you know, you have uh, Darth Vader be- saves his son, and Han and Leia finally decide they're going to try this and and make it work, and you know, you learn about Ewoks and you. <laughs> It's just it's it's a good movie, but Jurassic Park. It did not have dinosaurs. Jurassic it did Park. have those weird Walker things, though. Yeah. All right, so Jurassic Park, really, it's based on a novel. I don't, have you ever read the novel? I have not. By Michael Crichton. It's a big book. It is a big book. Big words, lots yes. of them. Big words. You're gonna have to carry a dictionary when you talk about <laughs> it. Um, but it, it, it is unrealistic. But it's a movie. Yeah. Okay. I can't believe that I'm I'm going to have to agree with you on this movie here for the next little bit. 
You're just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so you, this is what you've been waiting for, I yes, know. Yes, come to the dark side, Dave. But it, it has a great story to it. It's, you know, and Jeff Goldblum's character in this one. Oh, he's amazing. He is. Chaos theory. Chaos theory. And my, I have a friend that will always quote it, and he's like, and then you put it on a lunchbox, and you sold it. You sold it. So, I mean, you, you got to love Jeff Goldblum's character in this one. He actually shows up in even the Jurassic World movies. Um, Laura Dern was really good. And then a relative unknown, Sam Neill, yeah. really shows up in this one. Great movie, or a great, uh, you know, it's a great movie for him that kind of maybe got him a little bit more recognized. I would say. Oh, oh, definitely. He did a great job in this one. You know, uh, he's basically the star of the movie because it just uh, the whole movie kind of goes around him and the two kids trying to make their way back to, uh, I guess, uh, the compound mm-hmm. with when everything goes haywire and they're running from the T-Rex. And the funnier thing about it is, is, you know, every time there's a movie where someone does something scientific that they shouldn't do, there's you, you always go back to this movie. <laughs> You're like Jurassic Park told us we shouldn't be messing around with this kind of stuff. We Have could, we learned but nothing? we probably shouldn't. <laughs> Have we learned nothing? There have literally been six movies now <laughs> to tell us that we shouldn't be doing this. And it was the original. And as I said at the time, I remember going and seeing it. We saw it in in. Uh, and it wasn't even, they didn't even have IMAX. We saw it in THX for yeah. the first movie. I think it was the first movie Do- I saw. It was, wasn't it Dolby Digital, the sound? No, it was a THX movie. Oh, THX. It was Lucasfilm THX. And it was one of the first movies that I can remember seeing in THX. And and it was. The, the sound in this was far and above anything else in the movie. The visuals were great. Stan oh, Winston. The soundtrack was amazing. Yep, Stan Winston and his, you know, his creatures and everything were awesome. Um, and it just added more and more to this movie. Yeah, and we've, we talked about the whole uh, CGI and practical effects, and this was the first one movie where they kind of combined them with the Raptors and the uh, T-Rex, and it turned out amazing. It, it truly did. So, I yeah, I, I'm going to give you this one because Jurassic Park, the more I sit here and the more I think about it, uh, was a pretty good flick. It truly was. So hats off to you, sir. You just know I'm always right. Yeah, I know. You think you are. Until you're not. Oh, I know I am. Okay, well, you got to make you know you got to stroke your ego too, I guess. Hey, I'm not the Flash fan. No, I'm. <laughs> hey, I, I'm not even talking about that movie anymore. We're gonna make it so we don't even talk about that movie anymore. We're done with it. It's leaving our our. It's leaving the uh, lexicon of this show. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's going to do it for us this week. You know, next week we'll be back. We will go see the Equalizer 3. We'll have that review and a bunch of other stuff to argue about. But until then, go see a movie. Go see a movie. And that brings us to the end of this week's journey. But don't worry. Dave and Ryan have more movies to watch and more opinions to spew next week. Dave and Ryan will share their opinion on Equalizer 3. With the start of the NFL season right around the corner, the two will talk football movies and will bring back CGI vs. Practical. You can relive and download today's episode at CastleCountryRadio.com. We'll see you next week on Dave and Ryan's Movie Review. That's it. That's a wrap. See you next week.